just take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you that we know you meet us no matter where we're at. And Lord, we know that you are present now. So our prayer is to help us be present. Our prayer, Lord, is to knock down any barriers right now that we may have. Lord, any difficulties that we're going through, anything that's keeping us from you. Because we want to be in your presence. We want to learn and grow and, Lord, move in the direction that you lead us. So, Lord, let our minds be open to receive the things you want to speak. Our, our hearts be open to receive, Lord, where you're leading and guiding us. And we ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Often we uh, look at life, and in our life, we run into moments where we have difficulties. And those difficulties can come in various ways. But the truth is, we have to ask ourselves a question. How do I overcome my life's difficulties? How do I deal with those different circumstances in my life? Because the truth is, all of us have difficulties in our lives. No one's exempt from that. All of us have to deal with a moment or a time that we can relate to. And what I know that happens for certain is that the true character of a person is not discovered at a time of peace, but it's actually in a time of war. It's actually when that pressure's on, when, when things become most difficult. And we all have a different war that we might face in our life. There's a moment, a battle, a struggle, whatever that might be. And maybe for some of us that battles are strongholds and we're dealing with some kind of life-controlling problem or an addiction in our life that, that, that we can't get free of. Or maybe we're dealing with grief. Maybe we're dealing with relationship difficulty. Maybe it's our finances and there's a burden right now for many of us, and we're, we're dealing with that financial burden, and it's, it's a difficulty, it's a battle going on in our life. Maybe it's just sickness right now, and you're going through something, or have a loved one going through that, that difficulty. And maybe there's persecution going on in your life through any circumstance or relationships of, of what might be happening. Whatever it is, just fill in the blank. Every one of us have a difficulty that we have to deal with in our life. Maybe right now that difficulty that's in our life feels like if it's a threat and that threat is imminent, that, that, it, that no matter what, that it's, it feels impossible. And maybe we're feeling that we're just weary and we're lonely and we're frustrated and, and, and giving up seems to be the only option. Sometimes we believe giving up is the best option, but that's not true. See, Paul writes to the church in Rome who is very familiar with this very thing. The church in Rome went under great duress from Emperor Nero, as well as they dealt with infighting between the Jews and the Gentiles. See, during that time, Jews were driven out of Rome and, and the Gentile church grew stronger than those who were originally part of, the, of that conversion and those who were Jewish. And in the return of the Jewish people, the Gentiles had taken over leadership and in the midst of taking over that leadership, there was infighting even between them. Even though they were going through persecution and difficulties, there was still infighting amongst themselves in the church. And isn't that amazing how that kind of still exists today? How we have to work out our relationships and our own difficulties with one another. Even when we love one another, we, we find ourselves dealing with these different difficulties. See, the theme of Paul's epistle to the Roman church is the gospel is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes. That's the theme 
That's a reminder as he writes to the church. And, and there is no hope in the things that we do for God. See, the things that we do for God, our hope is not in those things. Our hope is in what God has done for us. That's where our hope lies. And we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus, that that justification, justification comes. And, and we're given this gift of eternal life through Christ and what he's done. So our hope is in what he's done for us and, and, and not what I can do for him, but it, it comes from that place. And we can feel the weight of that struggle. We could identify with whatever it might be that we're struggling with, just as that church did some 2,000 years ago, just as we're doing right now. And, and that weight of our struggle can be overcome. That weight, that difficulty, that problem, that circumstance, the truth is that there's the ability that we can overcome those very things. And it, it takes some tools that are given to us in the toolbox of how we do that. How do we overcome those very things? What do we do when life is difficult? And we all respond differently in, in those moments. And we all have something or, or at some time a difficulty that we're dealing with. We have to come back to that place. We have to know where our hope is. Paul says that it's the gospel. The gospel is the power of God for the salvation for everyone who believes. It's in that good news, in that gospel message. It's in what Christ has done for us. And knowing what Christ has done for us, we have to respond in spite of of our very difficult situation, in spite of whatever difficulty we're going through. See, Paul writes in Romans chapter 12 as he's leading the church through their difficulties. And when he says to them in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way for us to worship the Lord, the only way for us to worship the Lord is to offer our life back to him. That's what Paul tells the church. That we would be this living sacrifice. So what does that look like? That means that I'm offering my life back in worship to you, Lord. That, that, that in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, in my strength, Lord, all of who I am and of what you've made me, I offer back to you. And then as I offer that back to you, that I will allow you, Lord, to renew my mind, that you would bring that renewal to my mind and no longer will I be swayed by the things of this world. But, but I'll have that transformation of my mind by putting on the mind of Christ. That's how we accomplish it. That I'm not going to let my, my, my mind be driven by solutions in the world, but I'm going to come to Christ who's going to bring that renewed mind. And in that renewed mind, my thinking now is different. It's changed. I find hope in that place. See, when we try to remedy the difficulties with the things of this world we'll never have hope. We try to fill that void. We try to fill that place with things of the world and, and it's going to continue to leave us in a place of hopelessness. 
Because each one of the things in the world are just temporary fixes to deal with what we're struggling with, to deal with that difficulty. But as Christians, we're called to put away our pride and then walk in humility. That, that we're called to put that away. See, pride will keep us from, from being honest that we're dealing with a difficulty. Pride will keep us from being transparent. Pride will keep us from calling out to the Lord and asking him to come into our life so that we can have the more abundant life in him that he, he calls us to. Pride keeps us from that place. But humility welcomes those very things into our lives. And as believers, we need to know that we're never alone, that God is always with us. But even together, as the church, as the people of God, we're one body, that, that we're unified together and we're made up of all these different spiritual gifts that come together, working together for the same greater good to accomplish is what, what Paul's telling the church. This is what you're about as a people of God. This is how you're going to overcome your difficulties. And as you're unified together as the body of Christ, you're going to build up one another and you're going to strengthen one another. And you're all called to that same purpose of that greater good. And that greater good is about being a builder of his kingdom. That we're participating together with all those gifts and that we build together. And if we're a Christian, then we're called. What Paul tells them, if you're a Christian and you confess Christ as your Lord, then what we have to do is we have to act like Christians. And Paul begins to lay out in chapter 12 of his epistle in Romans, begins to lay out what we do. How, how do we act like Christians? For many of us, we've learned how not to act like a Christian, or we've discovered ways to be very unchristian. It seems like that comes really natural to us. But we're called to be like Christ. We're called to have a life that is a sacrifice to him. We're called to have this renewed mind. And that's one who becomes a Christian when we allow those things to start to take place in our life. Then we're called to be like him, to model our lives after Christ, to be like Christ. And what we have to do to be like Christ, we have to let God's love rule and reign in our life. First and foremost, that his love is ruling and reigning within our lives. And then we're called to go and show that love to one another and, and encounter one another with that same love that he's shown us. We're called to despise evil, stand up for truth. We're called to hold on to what is good. Paul, in this epistle in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, he, he begins to write to them. He gives the church three things to do to overcome the difficulties in their life. He says, with all that you have going on, being a Christian, there, are a, there is a way that you can overcome those difficulties. There is a way that you can have victory in those areas of your life. And it's kind of simple. Simple for us when you read it, but maybe not as simple to implement in our own lives. But Paul tells him, this is what you have to do. Verse 12 of Romans 12. He says, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And continuing steadfastly in prayer. That, that he calls us to those areas. He says, this, this is how you're going to do these very things. And, and the first part is rejoicing in this hope. Well, we can only rejoice 
in hope if we know what that hope is. And our hope is based on what Jesus has done for us, not based on what I've done for him. And because of what he's done for us, we can put our hope in him, that we're justified by grace and, and our redemption is in Christ because of what he's done for us. So my hope can be in him. Then I can rejoice in that hope. He is hope. And I could rejoice in my life in that hope, knowing that truth. The reason we could rejoice in that hope is we know that the Lord has promised us and what he's promised us. And we could respond that way, knowing he's that hope, he's our only hope, and that we're called to rejoice in that hope. Paul goes on, he says, patience and tribulation. And the only a believer who's made a decision, only one who's made a decision that, yes, Lord, I will be that living sacrifice can actually maintain enough zeal to be patient in affliction. Only someone who's made that decision that I've, I've turned over my whole life, Lord, that, that body, soul, mind, Father, that I want to be that living sacrifice that you've called me to, 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 to live out here in this time for this season. And how, how do I do that, Lord? How do I, how do I be patient? He says, patient in these tribulations because there's going to be afflictions. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be times in our life that we're going to have to overcome. And when it comes, we're called to come to this place of being patient. Patient in that affliction. And how can we be patient in that affliction? Because we know God is with us. It's funny. I often can realize when I'm being very impatient and I don't realize when I'm being very patient. Because when I'm impatient, I become irritable. Uh, I, I become to a place where I, I begin to be frustrated with my circumstance or frustrated with other people. But it's interesting, when, when patience is present, it just happens. And it seems that the more centered my life is in Christ, the more patience I have in my life. And our patience is having this ability to accept our circumstances. That's what it means. That I have this ability and willingness to accept whatever that is. Why? Because God is with me. He's with me in this moment. He's with me right now in this tribulation, in this circumstance. And I, and I can be patient through it because I'm not alone, because he is with me. And that we're not allowing our difficulties to make us anxious or, or cause us to act out in anger. See, those are the things that seem to come natural. Our humanity exposes itself. And when we become impatient, we become anxious. Or we become weary, we become frustrated. And what's the result of that impatience? The result of that impatience becomes me to act out in anger. And it's not in that moment that it's somehow God left me because God is with us. At that moment, I've left him out. I've not brought him into my situation I've not brought him in to the thing that I need that very patience for. But I can allow him to be in all those things if I'm that living sacrifice. See, we can be patient because we have hope. And his hope will never disappoint us. We have to allow him to be in part of the very thing I'm going through. And then I can remain patient and steadfast through that trial through that difficulty. 
Third thing Paul says is that steadfast in prayer. That we would remain steadfast in prayer. And when we remain firm and steadfast, and we don't allow anything to keep us from that relationship with God. That's what he's saying, that you're, you're remaining in that place, that nothing is going to break that, that time, that place set apart to be with God, but that you would press in to that place of prayer. And prayer is our reminder of our need for God. Prayer is our reminder that God desires a relationship with us. And, and we're called to remain steadfast in that place of prayer. Prayer for us is the foundation of a Christian's walk. And without it, we will absolutely be swayed. See, without, without prayer, we will become impatient. Without prayer, we'll begin to let our trials, our afflictions, those things in our life begin to take over. But he yet says that we're to remain in this place of steadfast, to be steadfast, to, to, to remain in that place, in that relationship with God, allowing him to be in our life that way, building that relationship with who he is in our life, building out the things that, pushing out the things that have kept that relationship from growing and strengthening. See, to remain, remain steadfast, it takes practice. And the more we practice, the more steadfast we become. We're familiar with the saying of practice makes perfect because that's true. Because, because the more that we put into something, the better we'll be getting at the very thing that we're putting in, no matter what you're trying to accomplish in your life, no matter what you're trying to do. And, and that steadfastness takes practice, that we have to practically practice that relationship with God, that we have to show up because he's there, that we have to put the effort in to that relationship and then remain faithful in it, steadfast in it. That we could be patient and know that he's with us. And the more that we practice that relationship, the greater we'll grow in that strength of who he is in our life. See, when we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, we allow the renewal of our minds. What happens is we're in Christ. That it's I no longer who liveth, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I'm this new creation as a result of it. So then I would have this ability to do as Paul said, or that reminder that he gives the church in Rome, that I can rejoice and I, I, I can have that hope, that I can be patient in my trials, that I can continue in that place of steadfast prayer, that that's how I'm going to overcome these things. That's how it's going to happen. See, that when things are difficult, that's what I have to go back to and do. And I have to remind myself that, that I'm going to rejoice in the hope for what he's done for me in my life. That I'm going to be patient in the tribulations that are going on because he's the one who comes and brings me patience in those moments. And most importantly with all this, I can remain steadfast in prayer. And as I do these things and as I continue to do these things, these are not something that we, we, we do once, but it's a, a continual reminder that whatever's going on in our lives, that, that it's a place that we can come back to. It's a place that we know that we can continue to be strengthened by him, that we can have that hope, that we can rejoice and celebrate in that hope of who he is. 
which allows us to look at those circumstances and difficulties because now we have hope. We're no longer hopeless. And then I can have patience in my trials because he's the one who brings patience and patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So it should be evident. It should be, it should be visible in my life. And I know he's with me bringing that patience. And now as a result, I can continue in that place of practicing prayer, of being steadfast, to not waver, to not be moved, but knowing that as my life is in Christ, as my mind is renewed, as I come to that place, there's no difficulty we can't get through. Amen? Let's pray. Father, you know our trials, you know our difficulties, you know our hardships. Lord, you know we can't do it alone. You know that, Lord, um, you've suffered. You've experienced every difficulty we'll ever experience. So, Lord, we ask or we invite you now into those places in our life. We ask right now, Lord, that you would come in a way to begin to remove the barriers that we built or the things of the world that we filled in our life that kept you out. Now, the most important thing to become that living sacrifice, to have the mind renewed, is to allow that relationship to happen. And Jesus, by faith, through grace, what Paul says, that, that he makes this way for us to have an eternal life with him, but, but we have to make the decision whether we choose to have it or not. And what I know for certain is God loves you, and he loves you right where you're at right now. And what I know for certain is he wants to come into your life and deal with whatever difficulty that you're dealing with right now. The only difference is will we allow him in that way? So I want to give you an opportunity to respond to allow him in that way. I'll give you an opportunity right now to ask him into your heart that you can begin to follow him with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you can discover a love that you've never encountered before. What it takes is us asking that to happen and let him transform your life and let him renew your mind. So if you want to know Jesus in that way and allow him in to those places, to begin to walk in victory, not defeat, knowing he's your hope, I just want you to pray after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open my heart. And I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed with me, I really want you to let us know. So if you're on the campus or one of our other platforms, if you're on the campus, a button will come up that says, I raised my hand, which means that I prayed that prayer. If you're on one of our uh, other uh, ways of finding us on another platform, you can go to intercessorchurch.com and you can contact us through our website or if it's social media, you can send us a message. Because what we want to do right now is we want to help you on this journey. That we're committed to help you on your pathway of discipleship for the fullness of God has planned for your life. So we want you to let us know so that we can continue to help you grow in that new relationship. Amen. We're going to take a minute. 
or two now, or three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten or whatever it takes, uh, just to spend some time in prayer together. Because there's many things that we have to pray about. And this is us being steadfast in prayer. This is us pressing into God. And, and, and there's needs that we all have and there's things going on all around us in our lives. But there's nothing that he can't handle within our lives. So I, I, I want to begin to pray. And the first thing I want to begin to pray with are those struggles that maybe right now you're dealing with an addiction. And there's a stronghold in your life right now and you just have not been able to surrender to it. And I, 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 Lord, I want you right now to come into that person to struggle with any addiction that they may have. And Lord, would you break that stronghold in their life? Would you set them free right now? Lord, would they open their heart to know that you could bring freedom in that place or for loved ones who are praying for others who are battling with addiction in their life and they need to be set free. Lord Jesus, put the people in their path and direction that they would know they're not alone and that you could bring freedom, Lord, that you set captives free. And we pray for that freedom, that you would break that stronghold of addiction right now for those who are struggling with it. Lord, we ask right now that you would break that stronghold of depression and that heaviness and that weariness. Lord, that, that, that those who are battling with depression would find that hope in you right now in this moment. Those of our loved ones or friends that we have that are dealing with depression, Lord, that you would lift that weight, that heaviness, and that you would bring victory to them right now. Father, for those dealing with anxiety, that you would lift that anxious spirit, that, that those who are, are dealing with that anxiousness right now would call to you in prayer and be relieved of that place of anxiety, Lord. No longer would that be a stronghold for them. Lord, we pray for those who've been isolated and feel that weight. Lord, those who just haven't been able to leave their homes, those who've been, Lord, homebound through this pandemic, God, we ask that you would come and bring them comfort and peace right now where they're at. And Lord, that they too would know that they're not alone. But Lord, that you are with them. Lord, that you would bring encouragement so that we could remain steadfast and know that there's victory, Lord, in you. And know that there's, there's a path through this, Lord, that we're not going to stay in this place. Father, we pray against those who are caught in a place of, of discord, Lord. Those who are divisive and bring hurt to others. Lord, we ask that you would just, you would just Father, end that conversation right now. Lord, that you would bring healing to those who sow that discord, that you would expose those very things, Lord, so that no longer would, would it bond people together, but, Lord, that you would break down those walls that are built through it and bring that freedom, Father. Father, bring that freedom right now, we pray. For that victory right now, we pray. Father, we pray for our families. Lord, we pray right now for prodigals in the families. Lord, there are so many families that are dealing with one who can relate to the prodigal who's left, who's struggled. And Lord, as a church, we're committed to the next generation. And Lord, we've been praying for those prodigals. And Lord, we're asking that you would send them home this night. Lord, that they would know that there is forgiveness and mercy and love 
that we too could celebrate on their return. So Lord, we ask right now for our family members who, who that prodigal might be or a friend who that might be that you would begin to send them home this very night. Father, we pray for the weight and the struggle at home for parents, for kids who have to uh, take their classes from home and that extra burden and, and work and figuring out schedules and that shift and that change. Lord, I, I pray that, that homes would not be burdened but would begin to flourish in the time together. That you would strengthen every marriage, Lord. Lord, that you would begin to unify the home as you are the center of those homes. That you would bring reconciliation where marriages are struggling, reconciliation with family members and healing with family members, Lord. That you would, Father, meet the needs of those uh, who are struggling right now. Lord, those maybe in homes who are struggling with unemployment and and don't have a means that you're going to meet their need. Those who are in fear of losing their job, Lord, that they do not have to walk in fear, but know that you will be their provider. Lord, for those students who are struggling, working remotely, that you would begin to encourage, Lord, and give them strength that they can succeed in this time with their responsibilities that they have. But Lord, we ask that you would come and rule and reign, that you would help us build strong families that are in the foundation of who you are, Lord. Father, we pray for single parents. Lord, you're their comforter, you're their provider, that they would know that they're not alone. Lord, that we as the church would be, Lord, made known to who they may be so that we could show your love to them. Lord, that they would know, Lord, how much you love them and that, Lord, you will give them strength and that encouragement of whatever they need in this very moment and that there is victory right now for their lives, even right now when it seems most difficult, but that you would relief or bring relief to that stress, to that pain to that frustration, to that hurt, that you would be with every single parent right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for those who are sick and those who are suffering. Lord, for every sickness, for every disease. Father, we ask that even right now, those who are watching that maybe are just battling with some sickness, Holy Spirit, come and just heal them right now, I pray. Touch them wherever they're at and bring healing to their lives. You're our healer, Lord. Bring forth healing. Just as you told the layman to take up his mat and walk. When you told the one who was blind, what do you want me to do for you that he may have sight? And he, Lord, you said your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. So I pray right now that you just bring healing to all those who are sick. Right now, Lord, you bring comfort to those who are suffering. Father, we pray for our frontline workers and nurses and doctors and administrators and all those who are daily being exposed to COVID, those who work in uh, service and delivery and in grocery stores that are, are daily, Lord, for their job being exposed. We pray you just protect them. Pray that they wouldn't be fearful, Lord but that you would be their protector, that you would be with them in this time. 
We pray, Lord, for the vaccine, and we pray, Lord, that it would uh, come forth, but, Lord, that it would bring what's necessary so that we could begin to rid this earth of this virus and that you would bring your, your healing touch to our land. Father, we pray for the work of your church, which we know is the people, not the building. And I pray as a people of God, we'd be activated and recognize that, Lord, all those we encounter, you have a plan and a purpose for their life. I pray, Lord, that we'd be a church that sees how you want to use us outside the four walls of a building. Lord, I pray that we'd be a church that's moved right now in this impact challenge that we're going through and how we can bring love and kindness to our neighbors, to those around us, to strangers. Lord, that they would encounter your love as a result of that. I pray, Lord, that we would have a passion and a desire that, Lord, our hearts would be heavy for those around us who don't know you. And that we would bring light in the midst of darkness. Lord, I pray for blessings for all those who are thinking of ways even right now that they can extend that love of who you are to friends and to neighbors. Let us be a church that has that impact around us, Lord. Let us be a people of God who love one another and serve one another and teach us where we're wrong so that, Lord, we can have that victory in you that others can see they can have a victory in who you are in their life. So we just pray as a church so we wouldn't miss any opportunity that you have for us to help someone, to encounter those who are struggling, to know that we could meet you in those moments. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are with us and you are our hope. Father, we thank you that we can come to you and rejoice in hope. That we could, Lord, be patient in our trials. And Lord, help us remain steadfast in prayer. And we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.